I'm Josh Block, sitting in this week for Jill Shaw, and you're listening to Last Night at School Committee. Ross Wilson and I are here to summarize for you what happened last night during the Boston Public Schools School Committee meeting. What happens at each school committee meeting has big implications for our students and our city, and this podcast shines a light on the decisions our leaders are making. Ross, good morning. Good morning, Josh. You know, Josh, last night we had a pretty short meeting. This was about a two-hour meeting, which is unheard of in school committee meetings, and it was solely dedicated to really the superintendent search. That's right, and we talked in our last podcast about what we might have expected to hear about last night, a strategic vision for what key issues the school committee wants the next superintendent to take on, a discussion of what type of qualities they should be seeking in a candidate, and of what steps the school committee is taking to attract top talent to apply. Ross, did we hear about that last night? No, we didn't. You know, we'll come back to that a little bit later. Here's what did happen last night. Last night, the school committee approved a separation agreement for Superintendent Caselius, put forth and then approved the membership of the search committee, outlined the timeline for the search over the next four months for a new superintendent, and authorized the RFP for a search firm. That's a request for proposals for a search firm. It was highly technical and lacked any big picture conversation about strategy or vision. Now, it's worth noting that since Tom Paisant was chosen as superintendent in 1995, there have only been three other superintendent searches in nearly the 30 years since. And for half the current school committee, this is their first time engaging in this process. But it was clear last night that there were some lessons learned from previous searches. Right. And one of those lessons had to do with the separation agreement for Superintendent Caselius. Here's Chair Jerry Robinson. Under the terms of the agreement, Dr. Caselius will receive one year of her annual contract salary, totaling $297,138. She will also receive $16,900 in back pay for contractually required minimum salary increases that she has not received over the course of the last two years. Dr. Caselius will also receive payment for her accrued but unused time off at the time of her departure. These payments are consistent with what is required pursuant to the terms of her employment contract and state law. As I stated, this is a fair separation agreement for all parties, which provides Dr. Caselius with what is contractually owed to her under her employment contract and state law and is consistent with previous separation agreements with outgoing superintendents. Ross, Chair Robinson says this is consistent with previous separation agreements. Can you talk about what's happened before? Right. So I've only actually seen this once in recent history, but this time they actually did it in a public forum. The last time the school committee engaged in a separation agreement from a superintendent, they did it behind closed doors and it was an apparent violation of open meeting laws. This time it followed the appropriate protocol and the public meeting guidelines. We heard about the terms of the agreement at the beginning of last night's meeting. And later in the meeting, it was approved unanimously by the full committee. And the next thing we heard about last night was the bidding process for a private search firm to help identify superintendent candidates. And we heard about what the full timeline over the next four months for that search will look like. That's right. Here's the timeline laid out, including the public engagement process on Zoom, which will actually include multiple languages for community engagement. So let's start. March 2nd, which was last night. The school committee voted on the membership and charge of a nine-person search committee. On March 9th, there'll be a public listening session. March 15th, a public listening session for Spanish speakers. On March 18th, the deadline for the executive search firm request for proposal submissions 
are due. On March 23rd, the search committee will update the school committee and the public on takeaways from the first two listening sessions that will inform the superintendent job description. School committee will then vote also on the search firm vendor and award a contract. And then those a couple more listening sessions on March 24th and April 2nd. On April 6th, this is a little bit unclear, but April 6th, the school committee will approve the search firm. I thought that was going to happen two weeks prior to that, but that's a little bit unclear. And the school committee will approve the job description and issue call for qualified candidates. So that starts April 6th. Then basically the month of April is the search firm vetting and doing background checks of candidates, encouraging people to apply. And they'll essentially select candidates to interview an executive session, most likely in May. And that will be a completely confidential process. Following those interviews, the search committee will select finalists for public presentation. Most likely it will be three candidates. That's, that's historically, they choose three finalists. And those candidates will be presented publicly. This is when it's no longer confidential. In early June, there'll be public interviews from the full school committee of those three finalists. And then by late June, the school committee will make a recommendation on who should be the superintendent. So now, Ross, how does this compare to previous searches? This seems like a a pretty accelerated timeline. So it, it definitely is, Josh. So looking back on previous searches, we're definitely behind. We're at least one month behind of where we were with Dr. Caselius at this time on her search. And we're several months behind where we're with Dr. Chang. Actually, Dr. Chang was hired pretty much at this time, multiple years ago. There are a few takeaways from the presentation last night. First, the school committee isn't really sure of the cost yet of the search firm, but the district will pay for it. Um, They're also not sure what kind of firm they want. They're not sure if they want a traditional firm that's local or a traditional national firm or a non-traditional firm who may try to find a candidate who may not be the traditional sort of superintendent candidate. More importantly, the school committee didn't really talk at all about the kind of candidate they want. Do we want a non-traditional candidate? Do we want a local candidate? Do we want somebody with experience on school buildings? They didn't talk about any of that. And that really would inform the kind of search firm you would want to hire. It's hard to say who's going to do the search, who's going to support the search. This is all technical, not much conversation around strategy. Well, and it sounded from that timeline like the search firm is going to help inform what type of candidate they want. But also knowing what type of candidate you want would help inform what type of search firm you want. So it's a little bit chicken and egg here. It's a little chicken and egg. Right. Um, and we should say the full timeline that we just laid out is available on boston.gov slash BPS search. And we'll also include that link in our blog. Now, the next thing we heard about last night was the membership of the search committee. Here's what Chair Robinson said last night. The search committee will include Dr. Pam Edinger, president of Bunker Hill Community College, Roxy Harvey, chair of the BPS Special Education Parent Advisory Council, SPEDPAC, Lorena LaPero, member of the Boston School Committee, Marcus McNeil, student at Fenway High School, Michael O'Neill, Vice Chair of the Boston School Committee, Dr. Carleen Pignato, Head of School, Channing Elementary School, Boston Public Schools, Jean Roundtree, Secondary School Superintendent and former Head of School at Snowden High School, Boston Public Schools, Jessica Tang, President of the Boston Teachers Union, and Jose Valenzuela, Teacher at Boston Latin Academy. I would like to propose that we have three co-chairs, Dr. Edinger, Ms. Lopero, and Marcus McNeil, an educator, a school committee member, and a student. Ross, can you talk about the makeup of this committee? Who's on it, and how does this compare to previous search committees? 
The committee is definitely smaller than previous search committees, but many of these people on the committee wear multiple hats. It will be important to see how they essentially represent all the constituencies around Boston in the search process. I should note that the reason Chair Robinson said the committee was smaller than previous committees was solely to help with scheduling so that the smaller number of people could schedule faster and move faster. Now, there was also no discussion in this meeting or in previous meetings about the type of people that the school committee members wanted to ensure were represented on the search committee. And that's something we might have expected to hear about before the final membership of the committee was announced. That's right. And there was a telling question about this last night from school committee member Brandon Cardet Hernandez. Here's what he said. Hi, Chair. Can you just walk us through the process that we went under to build or that you went under to build the search committee? So the search committee is put together by the chair of the school committee with the mayor's office, the mayor. And there are a number of categories that we usually have included on a search. Chair Robinson continued by again going through the full list of committee members, this time explaining what constituencies are represented by each person. She also made it clear that as chair, she is in charge of making this committee in accordance with the mayor's office. It seems that this is a finalized group and would have been nice to have a discussion at this at the last meeting about who should be represented in the group. And this was also an issue that came up in public comment last night. There was a short public comment period with just about a dozen speakers on issues ranging from the price tag on the superintendent separation agreement to the need for space for BDEA, which we talked about at the last meeting, to the importance of a master facility plan, to ensuring the voices of community members are fully represented in this superintendent search. So Ross, that's what did happen last night. But can you talk about what has happened in previous searches that didn't happen last night? Of course. So, so the previous superintendent search for Dr. Caselius, it, it began with outlining, the school committee outlined a strategic vision for the district. So before they did anything with the search, they spent time on saying, what do we want to accomplish as a district? The qualifications of the superintendent were aligned with that strategic vision set forth by the school committee. The superintendent, Superintendent Caselius, also made her own strategic vision when she came on board after her 100-day plan. Both strategic visions, that of the school committee and of the superintendent, are what guides the district now. And they contain goals, they contain strategy, and really it's, it's sort of what we want to accomplish as a school system. What's unclear to me, Josh, is are we still operating under those strategic visions? Is that what we want to accomplish as a school system? With Superintendent Caselius leaving, does the school committee reset that vision? Things have changed, right? We went through a pandemic in the last two years. There's a significant amount of ESSER funds coming on board. We're, we're seeing really a lot of concerns about our school buildings. We're seeing a declining enrollment pattern. We're seeing issues with mental health and academic performance and a widening achievement gap for our students. I would have expected that the school committee would have engaged in a strategic vision about the district and what the goals and strategy will be going forward. Then they essentially would align the qualifications of the superintendent to that strategic vision. And they would include community members in doing that. And also what I would have expected to hear is a little bit about previous searches. Mr. Cardet Hernandez raised this. He said, you know, what did we learn from the last RFP process for a search firm? Was the search firm the right search firm? And we've only done this three times in the last 30 years, right? So we could have heard about Dr. Johnson's search, Dr. Chang's search, and Dr. Casilius's search, and really kind of heard what went well, what could have gone better with those searches, and use that to inform 
the search process this time around. Now, Josh, one thing we also didn't hear about last night was really the strategy for enticing people to come here to be the superintendent. The next superintendent will be overseeing over a billion dollar organization facing declining enrollment, a looming fiscal cliff, aging facilities, and more. It's important to have a discussion about not only what do we want to see in a candidate, but how do we get them to come here and lead this city, this school system for this very difficult job. But ultimately, it is the school committee that sets forth the vision for the district, and that's what was missing last night. And that's what happened and did not happen last night at school committee. Here are some of the questions that we think are worth asking. Will the school committee be able to meet this aggressive timeline? What is their plan if this takes longer than expected? How will the input of the community be reflected throughout the search process? Will the district be able to attract top-tier talent? And what is the strategic vision that is guiding this entire process? And of course, there are ways to engage and get involved. Attend public listening sessions in the coming weeks on the superintendent search to ensure your voice is heard. The dates of these sessions are in our blog. Email the members of the school committee and let them know your thoughts. Their email addresses are in our blog. And of course, sign up for our email list at shawfoundation.org to provide feedback on this podcast, receive updates on our work, and be notified when new podcast episodes are available. Thank you for listening to Last Night at School Committee. We hope that you enjoyed today's podcast, and if you did, please rate, review, like, and share it with your fellow friends, parents, and residents of Boston. We all have a stake in the future success of Boston students. Have a great day.